Welcome to Ask an Innovator, where we interview senior executives about innovation. You can find us at askaninnovator.com or subscribe with your favorite podcast app. I'm your host, Josh Barker, CEO of City Innovation Labs. Welcome to Ask an Innovator. I've got John Florek with me today. So we're going to be talking about innovation. He works for ARC, a brand activation agency. So welcome. Welcome, John. Thank you. Yeah, very absolutely. Happy to be here. So, um, yeah, why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself, a little background about ARC, and yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. Sure. I am VP Director of Creative Innovation at ARC, which may be a little confusing depending upon how you define innovation, <laughs> which I'm sure is something that we'll talk about. It's kind of wide ranging. Mm. But for me, that means partnering across the agency with all of our different sort of account and client teams to help evolve the way that they are solving problems mm. um, and sp specifically kind of introducing emerging technologies into how they're solving client problems. Awesome. So what does that what does that entail? Like give an example of that. Like I think all the especially in the context of marketing all the most recent um, kind of like buzzy technologies things like augmented reality, virtual reality, voice activation and mm. you know technology and a lot of it right now is really looking at there are a lot of you know problems that each of the each of our teams are approaching to solve that have historically been solved in a in a specific way and the, and that same problem will pro will, will continue to exist but these technologies are emerging emerging at such a, a rapid rate it's hard for agencies especially think of a of a you know creative a copywriter or an art director who's tasked with concepting a solution for a brand and they're working on five of those at one time and the client is already expecting that solution to be in some sort of specific form whether mm. whether that be a promotion or whether that be you know some sort of experiential you know event activation or an in-store display and so everything is moving so fast as as these teams are solving problems that it's having some people that are dedicated to learning where the opportunities are with emerging technologies and mm and how things work on a, on, a, on a deeper level. And then kind of embedding with teams hmm. is can be a more efficient way to, to start to infuse innovation into, into the company. Because ultimately, you can't just like hit pause and right. have everybody go learn about one thing and right. become an expert in it, right? Right. So, so I'm trying to play the role of jack of all trades in the context mm. of, of emerging technologies. Certainly not trying to be a, a major master in, in anyone specifically, but it's really about just keeping aware of, of the you know sort of technology trends mm. and understanding how they might apply to specific problems that are being solved around the building. Right. Right. And that's good. I mean that I think that provides a lot of context. And I think the next question being, what is innovation to you? I think there's a lot of fallacies. I mean, you and I were talking about that of, hey, it's, it's if it, AR, VR is the new hotness, let's like slap AR, VR in this problem solving thing. And it's like, why, right? I think that's what we're discussing. Yes. Um, so what is innovation to you? Yeah, that point, I mean, especially with, you know, people are excited about the new technologies, right? So mm. the danger of, of innovation actually becoming technology for technology's sake and, and taking some buzzy new technology and just kind of kind of cramming it into you know somewhere that it's not actually solving a problem is a big part of what I'm what I'm trying to do on a daily basis is, mm. is, is talk to teams about is you know is this idea really solving something say if, if it's augmented reality um, is it solving something because to me at the core innovation is not exclusive to technology it's about 
solving problems differently. Hmm. You know, making connections with whatever the resources are that are available to solve problems for a specific group in ways that haven't been solved before. Hmm. That's really good. I like that a lot because, I mean, far too often we go to the solution first and we say, we need to be using this and, and asking the question, well, why? I mean, it sounds like, is your background technology, by the way? Are you are you technologist? Not specifically, actually. I mean, my, my background is I, I went to University of Missouri Journalism School. I came in, you know, to this business as a as a copywriter and I have a personal passion for yeah. technology. I think it's just more of like I have a kind of a a maker mindset. Yeah. I just I like tinkering and, and, and making things. So I've always I've been an early adopter anyway. Oh yeah. And I bet that helps you. And that's that was the point I was gonna get at is you having a non technology I've got a technology background. I think some of the dangers of a technologist coming into doing a role like yours would be going to the solution first. We need to build something. You know, it's like Right. Why? Yeah, and I and, and I think the the process of, of solving problems differently has to start with identifying problems differently. Yeah. And legitimately understanding where are the unmet needs mm. of of these audiences that are relevant to our clients' brands mm. and how do we solve for some of those unmet needs on behalf of our clients so that ultimately our clients are rewarded for it. But that we're still genuinely solving problems for people in in the real world, and I think that's that's a way that clients can feel good about you know their their brand and their product when they approach it that way, and agencies can feel good about the way that they're going about things because it's ultimately mutually beneficial. Mm. So how I mean I, I love that too because figuring out it sounds like finding the right problems to solve is is a core thing, and how do you do that? Part of it is is really about taking these this the sort of um, the narrow lens of the product and the brand and the business problem, and not making that the just the problem to solve in the brief. If 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 we need to see a you know one percent year over year lift uh, to next year, that's that's not the problem we're solving. That's mm. the result we want to sure. to achieve. It's a good but, differentiator. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 really about taking a step back and looking at the audiences that would be relevant to these brands that we're working on, and deciding, uh, or or taking a you know a, a wider look at that audience and saying, okay, well you know this brand is relevant to this person. What else is what else is going on in this person's world hmm. that as a brand because we kind of we share some common interests. Um, not just the interest that we want them to buy our product, right? <laughs> but you know, because of who this brand is, and because the brand purpose that we've defined is bigger than one product, mm. how do we look at this audience and identify needs that no one is meeting for them that this brand is positioned to solve, and ultimately, you know, will be rewarded in the end um, for um, those efforts with with them choosing the product. But mm. it's not always just a cut and dry. This is why this product is amazing, and the product is the solution. I mm. think um, more and more innovation is driving a need. And I think this is where this our industry is evolving: is it's driving a need for a brand to not be about a product, but for a brand to be an ecosystem. Mm. And the product is one proof point mm. that they are living their purpose, but they need to take action in the world for the audience that that they want to have a relationship with mm. um, beyond just creating the product. I think it's a good lesson learned for a lot of us. I mean, 
it sounds like even just being missional, right? About like, what is, what is your company's mission, right? What is this brand's mission? What are they looking to do and solve in the world? Mm -hmm. would, that, that, would that be another way of saying? Absolutely, which sounds like something that everybody would just rally behind, right? Right. But it's really hard to, to break sort of complacency and it makes people really uncomfortable hmm. because especially when you think about the fact you know it, it's a business and you have your client's business, you have the agency's business, and these businesses were built on on something. You got here somehow. Right. And if the way that you got here is is specific to the medium, then you're in trouble because mediums are always going to evolve and, and culture is is going mm. to shift the way that people communicate and connect and the way they connect with brands and mm. and so you really have to take a hard look at culture and the way that consumers are interacting with one another mm. and stay, you know, relevant as though you're a, a peer with them. You can't keep communicating to them in the same way and expect to achieve better and better results, especially when growth is something that is expected year over year over year at every mm. company. Hmm. So I, I heard a, this this quote the other day that I thought was kind of funny. It was from Lisa Bodell from uh, Future Think, and she said that innovation is the the pirate ship that sails into the yacht club, <laughs> and um, and this thought that uh, nobody likes it when when it's kind of being pushed, but ultimately in the end, everybody's kind of grateful that it that it's here. Mm. And so it needs to sustain long enough for that to happen, obviously. But, right. um, but I, th I thought that was kind of funny because it really gets to the thought that change, no matter what we're talking about, change is hard. Oh yeah. And you're going to run into this to the same things at at you know one company in one category, and it can feel like the exact same experience in a parallel universe at a at a company down the street that does something completely different. Hmm. So it's really just about pushing to make people comfortable with change and and finding the best way to, to demonstrate that, you know. Now, would you say your role here is, is a lot of being that mover and shaker, but is it also just helping helping brands understand at a, at a core that value-driven approach versus a product-driven approach of pushing a product on someone versus selling a value? Uh, I, that's part of the role Certainly, especially in the context of, of something like new business, mm. for me specifically, just because in that role, I would end up shaping a lot more of the story, mm. whereas um, there's also a lot of the day-to-day -day that is, it's more about helping the teams here kind of adopt that mentality yeah. so that they can... Disperse um, that. Yeah, so it's more about evangelizing yeah, sure. um, than it is needing to be the, the kind of like, you know, sole person that's driving that conversation with the clients. Absolutely. Um, plus, things are emerging so fast that it, it needs to it needs to scale based on a mentality, not based on a, a, a bunch of individual tactical things. Mm. So, that's kind of the thought is, is pushing the mindset, and then also having some like an always on learning mm. side of things, where it's like as as technologies are evolving, knowing who's using these things and, and um, what the opportunities are with them. Hmm. Can you put some meat on the bones? I mean, maybe for us to think about of. What does it mean? What does it look like? I'm sure you've had a lot of customers come to you and say, hey, I want you to do, they give you the solution. I want you to do this solution. And then how do you reel them back to the problem, but also get them to think at that level of values? Let's think value. So that's kind of a two-pronged question. I think a, a big part of it is, um, and again, this, this really comes 
comes into play well in advance of the actual kind of concepting of the ideas, which is everybody has data, but nobody knows what to do with it. Everyone's excited about the fact that all this data is available. And sometimes the data doesn't even clearly outline a behavior. Sometimes it outlines a behavior and that's where it ends. And so you'll have things that are being called insights that are actually observ observations. Hmm. You know, people are doing X. And it's hard to have a debate with a client when that's the only, when that's where the understanding of the behavior kind of ends. Because then they're saying, well, they're doing that. Let's just, let's just get to them where they're doing that. The key to unlocking new ways of problem solving is understanding why people are doing what mm, they're doing. That's good. You know, it's really about pushing beyond just observing the behavior and really getting into behavioral economics and, mm. and psychosthetics and under, understanding what are the unmet needs of, of people and not just relevant to the product, but just what is this group, what matters to this group of people and where can we solve something that can be done in a way that's relevant to the brand. It's a much easier conversation to have when you have not only the data, but the data has been transitioned into insights so we understand why people are behaving because then it's, then it's logic. And, mm. you know, and the more we can remove the layers of subjectivity, I think that you know, the, the short answer to your question yeah. is the more we can remove layers of subjectivity with a genuine understanding of why people do what they do, <laughs> the more opportunity we have to seek different paths with clients and kind of bring them along the path because they feel comfortable understanding that, that they truly get the behavior mm. of, of the target that they're going for. Mm. Yeah, I think we were talking about earlier on, outside of the podcast, we were talking about how I really resonated with this, this campfire stove. And I think this is a little bit what you're talking about of, you know, they, they made a larger version that is like literally for a campfire, not just cooking. And so it's large where they sold, they didn't sell me the stove, they sold me the experience of talking about family, like more time with family. That's what it's about, more time with friends. And I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, like this person, like they get me, you know, is, is that's a little bit what you're talking about, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. It's an understanding that this person is pining for, for not, not only for more time, because I would say in that instance, that product doesn't give you more time with friends or family, because yeah. if you don't have time to hang out around a regular campfire, you don't have time to hang out around a fancy one. Right. But I think there's a there's a premium on on the idea that the experience is as memorable as it can be. And so what in in that example, it feels like, you know, kind of that product innovation is catering to convenience hmm. and catering to this idea that, you know, this is a more memorable experience to have around a campfire and it's and it's easier and it, you know, it it takes the hassle out of it so you can spend more time with family and less time figuring out how to stack the logs and you know whatever right. whatever it is it's um, it's the the product still needs to be solving something it's not necessarily always you were having trouble making a campfire it might be more right. that you only have campfires twice a year right and it you know the more memorable and the, and the less uh, less friction for you the better yeah that's good now the industry overall, you're saying you, you're seeing this as a trend then with the industry of focusing on these values. Is that where the industry is, you think, today? Or is that where it's headed? Like, is our majority of the people in this camp of focusing on the values and or are they still pushing product? Are you still seeing that a lot? I think there are sort of factions. There, there are brands that from day one have set out to to launch a lifestyle mm. right, and to be sort of like a 
um, a lifestyle partner with their target. And, you know, Red, Red Bull is a good example of that, where it's like, yes, they make Red Bull, but they've really always been about helping you get wings, harness, you know, the <laughs> adrenaline and, and, yeah. and, the, and the giving you wings side of things. It's like um, they've taken it literally and not literally, right? right. So there's, right. there's the things like Flugtag, right. which is <laughs> literally, you know, having people build things that have wings and seeing how far it can fly. <laughs> and then you have things like Red Bull Crashed Ice, which is, you know, an insane uh, invented sport with people in hockey gear, you know, skating down a super steep, um, you know, track um, on, on ice and, you know, uh, and it's like, it, it all caters to this, this sort of core need that, that uh, in a lifestyle sense. Mm. And, and the product fits right into it. It makes complete sense, you know, provides, mm. provides energy and, and, and gets you going. And there are plenty of brands on the other side of the spectrum where they're still very much focused on their intrinsics of the product. And it's not that those don't have merit, it's just that people are so extremely marketing savvy and people have so many options that the intrinsics that you're calling out about your product can, can most likely be found in another product or at least from the consumer's pers perspective, they could argue like, oh, I could, okay, I like those things, but hmm. this has that too. Right. And the, the minute you have something else in that situation, what's the next evaluation criteria? Mm. You know, which of these is doing the most for me? Right. What, what do I align with if, if the products are considered equal, whether or not the, the manufacturers want to believe that they're considered equal? Right. If they're considered equal in the minds of consumers, what's the, what's the difference between these two things? How does it, you know, advance my life in some way? Or is, there, is this a brand I can believe in because they have other values that I align with, like sustainability, or mm. um, you know their approach to cultural issues, or um, a lot of those things are, are are swaying points of view. It's not all specific to to innovation, obviously, but it's just about the fact that more and more you know brands have to act as as corporate citizens and and truly act that way. Mm. It can't just be a communication based business model anymore. It really needs to be. If we're about this, we prove it because we do this, this, and this. I know the CEO of Microsoft said, uh, which I think you're hitting on, is like the thing that changed Microsoft is empathy, right? And I think you're hitting on really, it's just brands having empathy, being empathetic to their their base. Mm -hmm. Say that's accurate. I, I, absolutely, yeah. I think it's it's empathy to their base and also um, op just genuine openness mm. to change or to evolve kind of the offering or the or the point of view once they have opened their minds and they have that empathy because it's again it, it comes back to the fact that it just change is hard yeah <laughs> and it's it's really it's really easy for it to be kind of too big of a hill to climb too big of a hill to invest in mm. especially with you know so many brand managers being under the gun to deliver quarterly results and bi-quarterly results and it's really hard to see spending a certain amount of money on investing in something that is gonna impact you two years down the road. Mm. Do you think brands change the culture or the culture, like the culture changes the brand? I think that goes both ways for sure. Yeah. Because I think there, there are, are plenty of things that are more societal, you know, social issues that brands in 
in a direct or indirect way play into whether it be because the product is relevant or because of a positioning the brand has taken. And then they need to decide, is this still what we believe in? Do we need to kind of reevaluate our, our own culture and decide how we're putting any, you know, if, if you have a portfolio of brands, what is the point of view that right. is differentiated that is represented amongst multiple so you're not stepping on each other but you still are being genuine and it's not manufactured mm. i mean it's a it's a it's a tough space to be in it's, it's certainly a balancing act but the more genuine about problem solving for for people it feels like is is always the better in the end but mm. it, but it requires more investment up front which is a little bit of a, a tougher task so how do you convince you know well, i mean is, is there much that needs to go on beyond hey the upfront investment that you're talking about to to clients to, to, to talk to them about that? Like, is it is it something that they're like, well, I need, you know, is it a hard sale for you to, to talk about the upfront investment to, to move the needle in that area? It is, certainly, and it, it becomes kind of a trickle-down effect. It's hard with, with in the context of um, the way that the agency world works, especially because there's still this thing that happens where clients put agencies in specific swim lanes and consumers don't live in swim lanes right and so what you know previously may have been called um, a digital solution or may have been something that is given to their digital agency because they've got a digital agency of record is is now colliding with hmm. you know shopper solutions or promotional solutions or things that you know a, a different agency may have been handling before hmm. The solution may now make most sense to live, say, in mobile, but you have a lot of clients who are like, "Oh no, you're okay." So you're bringing me a commerce-driving solution, which I am asking for from you, but it lives in mobile and it's digital. But that's why I have these guys, mm. and so it's blurring the lines. It's, it's blurring the lines, which also creates a. It, it's hard for them uh, on their end to say, "I have a certain amount of." budget allocated mm. to th these guys this year and these guys this year or even program by program mm. it's like you know we're, we're putting the same amount of money into this project this year that we did last year but the world has changed in the last year right. and the opportunities may be a lot greater to right. go in a different direction but the budget is basing it on last year's solution mm. and and so you can get into a, a dangerous pattern of cycling similar types of solutions just because that's the way the budgets are allocated mm. or it's the way the you know kind of the, the brand planning went that that year right so to really get to a more open-ended problem solving it requires some sort of structural and just kind of mindset shifts on on both the client and agency end mm. that's good so where do you see arc the next five ten years like what, what are the things you i mean you're talking about tech i mean from any perspective of tech or talking about empathy where do, where do you see arc really headed my hope is that we can establish more of a long tail cycle of capability development. So looking at where what consumers are, are going to need based on what we know of them now and where things are going and proactively developing capabilities, maybe even you know developing those things outside the context of, of our clients. There's, there's certainly that's the part of the hurdle as well is that clients don't necessarily want to pay for you to evolve. Hmm, yeah. The dangerous thing for us is if we just keep doing what we've always been doing, we may be the best at that, but eventually we'll be the best at the most irrelevant thing. Right. Right. And 
when you know when clients need an augmented reality solution, there will already have been somebody who's specializing in that, and they'll you know they'll go to them. They're like, oh no, we've got our AR guys. Right. That's, so that's who we have on our roster. We don't need you guys to think that way. You don't want it to dwindle you know so far or not have enough foresight to really develop proactive capabilities to to protect your future while while solving the problems that they're asking for today. Mm. So my you know my desire is that we we can establish a kind of a an incubator process mm. that can have some short-term benefit. You know, it's like one in two years out, these things are capabilities we're developing that we know clients are going to need, but then even looking down the road at things like five years from now when we're all wearing augmented reality glasses, now is the time to be understanding what that's going to mean because you also have a hand in helping establish the standard and, and practices for those right. things if you're if you're getting up to speed even just on how the technology works and what the you know um, opportunities are right then the last question i usually ask is for listeners of the podcast what would be we talked about a lot of takeaways but what would be the key takeaway you would have for our listeners i would say embrace being uncomfortable the pirate ship right <laughs> right <laughs> embrace embrace the pirate ship and whether that whether that's the the pirate ship in your organization or whether that's the pirate ship in you, you know, that thing that's kind of nagging at you that feels like the either an opportunity or a potential pitfall. Don't put your blinders back on. Right. And and, and go into another five years of that's scary, so I'm just gonna keep doing what I was doing. Right. Embrace it and kind of be be the positive deviant within your organization and and really look at what you do as being a problem solver for people in the world, mm. not a problem solver for your brand or your product. Because when you solve for people in the world, your product and your brand will, will ultimately benefit. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, John. Appreciate your time. Yeah, Have absolutely. I appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Ask an Innovator. Visit us on our website, www.askaninnovator.com. This podcast has been sponsored by City Innovation Labs.